forgot about that. Hang on. I got to click got it. There we go. Are we good? I'm good. Yep. Sweet. Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. Andrew's back. Yay. Andrew, it's been like <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the blessing and the curse of having a major crazy protest in one city is that we are doing this from the magic of Zoom for the first time in a while because it's more fun to do it in person and easier to do it in person and sounds better to do it in person. But then today I sent Eric an email just saying, oh, hey, when do you want to do the podcast today? And then he reminded me, oh, yeah, there's stuff <laughs> yeah, happening. We're That's trapped. happening. <laughs> yeah, Emily couldn't even get downtown. She had to go uh, to meet someone for work and stuff, and she tried several different routes and literally could not go. And so I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to try. And it doesn't hurt Josh because he's right by the theater anyway. And Andrew, too, actually. But yeah, so it is February 1st. And the good news on our side of things is that yesterday was our first day back following fifth lockdown. Andrew was on hand. Did everything go well? Oh, last night? Yeah, it was, you know, it was above average for a Monday. Mondays aren't typically busy, but, you know, it was above average attendance. So I think some people were excited to come back and get some popcorn and watch a movie. And I went to see The Novice, and as the credits were rolling, I saw Andrew was just standing by, and I saw a number of patrons were saying nice things and saying, glad you're back and stuff like that. So that's always nice. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was silver lining. At the end of the night reports, we kind of have a minimal number we like to hit. It's always better to get over that. But in this day and age, you know, it's just like every penny counts. And I think we were $38 over where we want to be. So that's, I took that as a good first day. Yeah. It'd be exciting to see, you know, what spring and summer are going to be like. Yeah. Or just not winter. <laughs> yeah, just not at this winter. Point. <laughs> and Andrew said too, we had a decent senior turnout, which is really our core audience that haven't been out for logical and good reasons. So once we get those folks back, that's going to be good for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all the construction going on. We thought that was going to be the big problem. But it's, I mean, that, at this point, that's just sort of a thing that's also happening. Doing this is the first time I've done a podcast from home having a new puppy dog in the house. And I tried to start about 10 minutes ago, but I spent the last 10 minutes chasing a puppy dog around and taking squeaky toys away. And <laughs> then I was like, oh, this isn't going to make for a good podcast. I just hear this random squeaking. And as we speak, I don't think this is going to pick up, but there's helicopters circling my neighborhood. <laughs> it's oh it's my like God. Mission Impossible type stuff around Josh's hood. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm within... We're not going to talk about it too much because we have happier things to talk about, but I'm within <laughs> honking distance of the chaos. So it almost sounds like there's just like trains going by half the time. And you're almost it's, like, oh, yeah. the train's going by. That's nice. Wait, what is that? We heard that too. And it's because a friend of mine told me last night, because we had heard it over the weekend, straight up a train horn. And I'm like, okay, we're not imagining that. We watch a lot of movies and TV, but this was real. So it turns out that apparently, uh, yeah, one of the trucks had ordered a train whistle or horn or whatever oh, and wow. uh and that's why they were doing it and it's and my friend also told me apparently one of them has now ordered a boat horn so we can look forward to that i guess because they just want to confuse people <laughs> pretty much at this point you're like i see we wanted the train I, i'm not gonna lie like i prefer the sound of the train because i can convince myself that it's the olden time days you know you're like oh it's the 1920s all over again i was walking back from the cinema on the weekend went in to as i posted to social media 
had to test out the equipment. So my friend and I and his kids went in and we played Mario Kart on the big screen, you know, because we had to make sure that the equipment down at the front of the cinema worked for rentals. And of course, that's where they plug in if you're doing a slideshow or a wedding has to plug in for some music and the projector was all good. It was a good excuse. So that all worked. Was it N64? No, it was the Switch. And so we we have this little HDMI port down at the front, which is very convenient because, yeah, if you're doing a powerpoint presentation or we have a church that comes in every sunday and they plug in down there we had a little bit of a technical difficulty last time the church was in so over lockdown we got that all fixed up it was a good excuse to test that out and for rental purposes people ask they're like you can do that and we're like yeah because rent the place and instead of watching a movie or whatever if you're a video game nerd you can come in and play mario kart on the big screen for three hours some folks asked about if we could do a public event and i just I can't wrap my mind around how to do that. Can mm-hmm. you imagine, even if it was a like 40 people, 50 people, and they've all paid to get in, and they all want to take a turn playing a video game, three hours with that many people goes by pretty fast. Even if we did it for like a double bill length night, it just, it's a lot of wrangling. But for yeah. a private yeah. rental, totally works. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Like, just think it would be too hard, unless you were doing some sort of tournament style thing like The Wizard, which I know you'd be into, but I'm not sure if we can actually pull that off. I always thought it would be so great if it would have to be like a day long event, but if Nintendo or somebody rented the place to publicize a new game coming out or a new system coming out, that would work when it's that kind of thing. But just on a day where we can't afford to have it be a full day event or anything, mm-hmm. it's tough to do, but great fun. Even it's happened a couple of times during these lockdown times. It's great fun to do for a rental and it works well. And with the wireless controllers and all that and was seamless, totally worked fine. The Bluetooth technology worked fine. But yeah, so I did that on the weekend and while I was there, changed the marquee and did a whole bunch of other stuff, got the posters ready. And then I'll just mention this because it's funny and then we could move on. (laughs) On the walk home, ran into the protesters in that, hang on guys, I just got to take something away from my dog. Right back. I can't wait to find out if his dog has destroyed any of the stuff he cares about, you know, like his Funko Pops or his, I don't know what else he has, his glasses. Yeah, that's, that's tricky. I just stepped away because my stupid dog, there's like a little box, you know, that we haven't chopped up for recycling yet. And she's never done this before. But right now, while I'm trying to get quiet, she pushed the box from the kitchen into the living room. And it's just making this like scratching noise as she's pushing it along. And I was like, why are you doing this now? You could have done this this morning or later today. But she's like, nope, I'm going to get my box games right now. It's like that creepy hook sound from outside the car in the 50s thing where the killer's trying to get in the car. (laughs) Has your dog destroyed any of your, like, actual things you care about, your collectibles, or is she pretty good so far? No, she's been good. She is a psychopath with her chew toys, though, like with her dog toys. We have a bunch of second-generation little squeaky toys from our dearly departed old lady dog who passed away a year and a half ago or a couple years ago, and they were fine with her, but with Barda she's just defaced them. So say if it's like a little monkey or a little weasel, just this horror show of this <laughs> of this decapitated animal that she's destroyed. Oh my and, God. Yeah, and so that's a little discerning. But besides for that, she hasn't eaten comic books or anything like that. That's good. My niece makes her own dolls out of other dolls. So there's just literally doll heads and parts in her room. And I'm like, yeah, she, she, she'll be fine. This isn't disturbing at all. Yeah, Gwen has a bunch of old timey dolls. And when we went back to visit her parents' house, you know, parents are always trying to get stuff out of the house. 
and <laughs> we're like, okay. we don't need that. Oh, I can hear. I can hear. <laughs> Hang on, I got to dog. I'll be right back. Just this is good. One See, and he thought this would be bad, but this is actually the best podcast we've had in years. <laughs> I don't know. It might, it might not be true. Now I can ask you if you've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood any more times since we spoke. Oh, I haven't lately. I read, I mean, I read the novelization over, I guess, before the last lockdown. Mm -hmm. Not this one, but the one last spring. Yeah. But no, I haven't watched it again. I mean, I've seen it 12 times at this point. Fair, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you're probably good to wait at the moment. Yeah. Well, at least in the book, though, it's like watching the movie in your head. So I assume you were like hearing the voices and stuff as you read it and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And I listened to the audiobook too, that Jennifer Jason Lee did. Mm-hmm. And I got the hardcover, which comes with a bounty loss script, which I haven't read yet. Oh, that's amazing. Is it like a take apart? Is it in the book itself or is it? It's, yeah, it's, a, it's an appendix kind of thing in the back. Okay. Where it's a script from like a bounty law episode. That's so cool. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. So I haven't read it yet. That's amazing. That... We should do, we'll all do parts of it. We'll read out the parts. Yeah, we should, re we should do like a radio kind of broadcast <laughs> version of it. That'd be fun. How have we not done a radio show style thing? Like that Frasier episode, which went terribly wrong, but when we do it, it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting to have to leave again because the dog will be walking down the hall like Bugs Bunny just banging pots and pans together. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, you have to like talk fast while you're able. So we should talk about movies. This is our first week back with a full week. As we record this, we have this little shortened week where we kind of just treated it like encore. We had a number of movies that were cut short because of lockdown that people may have missed. So this week coming up is a full week, February 4th through 10th of 2022, where we've got an Ottawa premiere or a couple of auto premieres and some retro stuff. So any baby step back towards normalcy is so nice. And even though it's a lot of work, cause I've been making a lot of posters and the schedule and all that stuff. It's just cause when you're in lockdown, sometimes you're like, Oh, this is it. Am I retired now? Are we done? <laughs> it's no different than I think about that. Sometimes when I'm have days off or whatever, I'm like, this is just me retired. Like this is no different than what it would be. I would just be watching TV or movies, going for a walk, having snacks, petting cats. <laughs> like This is pretty much all I ever wanted. Or like running a cinema just becomes, raising money through other means and talking about the cinema but not being mm -hmm. there everyone has yeah. that but it's like targ targ is open on weekends for takeout and stuff like that but i was chatting with them and they're just on the verge of small live acts which would be mm. great yeah mm. and i think That's... black squirrel might be starting to contemplate doing trivia nights and that kind of thing stuff they haven't done since the before times it was really uh saddening you probably saw the iron prior theater had a water leak and they were supposed to open yesterday, and now they can't. Oh, God. Running a business is that. Like, any, yeah. any two-step forward, you get another step back. And those poor Iron Prior folks were probably so overwhelmed with the nicety and getting all these donations. And I know they mm -hmm. hit their GoFundMe minimum very fast. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, got to fix the roof. It's so sad. And, like, they, and it's sad seeing the posts out of order because they're like, we can have snacks and <laughs> movies. It's back. I mean, like, and they were going to play The Matrix and Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a double bill that would have been. You know, a fake double bill, but all the same. Yeah. And then they're, they're like, oh, so we can't do it. And they're showing pictures of water damage. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, come on. That happens with us where every once in a while a very well-meaning person gets really excited about us trying to get a marquee back like an actual old-timey mm -hmm. marquee that we haven't had since to be honest i don't know the exact date but i think the 
early 70s, mid 70s, somewhere in there. But you just have so much else to do. And you're like, well, our candy bar needs work and our roof needs work. And we got to book movies and got to do this and got to do that. And it's just so far down the spare time checklist because anything's doable. But also it's like it would cost tens of thousands of dollars. If we had tens of thousands of dollars, there's so much else we could do. And I'd love to have a big fancy marquee, but it's just we don't have the time. If no. somebody else wants to get it for us, cool. Well, but, you still have to maintain it, too. That's the annoying part. Well, that's the biggest thing I heard is years ago, a guy I know, a guy that I worked with who did stuff at Blues Fest, like setting up the stage. And he did a lot of stuff with banners and a lot of stuff with setting up signs at businesses and anything standing on top of a scissor lift and doing construction. He would do that kind of stuff. And he looked at the place and he said, I would have to look at it more. But this is not just a simple endeavor of slapping that thing up there. There might have to be major work done to the front of the building. So that would be a whole other thing. It might be like all kinds of work to the front. And then there's the question of just putting it up there. Would it pass certain laws of nowadays, certain regulations? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because how far out was it? it? It must have been like at least six feet out. Well, maybe not six, but... Well, I like... think like, I mean, it covered the sidewalk completely. and then Okay, went really? Up. Yeah, yeah. And then the Mayfair sign went up like 15 feet or 20 feet. It was the length of the building. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really big. And then someone's like, oh, where is it now? And I'm like, gone? <laughs> it's not yeah. like we have it in the basement. Oh, God, I wish. That, that would be incredible. I, I would be down there eating lunch with it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to this. There's this great place called the, I don't know if this is its official name, but it's the Neon Graveyard or the Neon <laughs> Museum in Las Vegas. And it's this giant space of land where they rescue old signs because Las Vegas is notorious for not caring about history. So that's what we would have needed here because how do you store that? You can't put it in a basement. You can't put it in your attic. Yeah, like what would you save it for? Like that's the totally (laughs) it. Because like you could put it up on a some guy's barn somewhere. Like I don't even know. What would you even do? So yeah, so I mean that's an example of, you know, we would love to have that, but it's uh (laughs) I don't know if we can wrangle that anytime soon. No, that would be cool. Ne- like, Neon I mean, Graveyard, that's a good title for something. Like it's a, a good band cy- name. Like that's a for... cyberpunk novel or something. <laughs> that would be the this. name of our troupe that does novelization radio books. Oh, perfect. We'll, I'm we'll very excited about this. <laughs> or the shadow cast for uh, midnight screenings of Money Plane. Oh, oh God. Yeah. How are we not doing that already? That's Maybe that's coming up on the on the next schedule. Yeah. Okay, so for this one, February 4th through 10th, one of the Ottawa premieres is called The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Mm. And I just thought maybe it's Louis. Is it Louis? The Electrical oh, Life of Louis Wayne. Might Louis. be pronouncing that wrong. That's a tough call. 50-50. It's a new biopic drama starring Benedict Cumberbatch about an eccentric artist. And Benedict, who's like the hardest working man in show business at the moment, mm-hmm. I think he's done four movies that came out in 2021. And I think a miniseries. I think he was on The Simpsons. And then he's got Doctor Strange coming out in a couple months. So he's a hardworking actor, even in these lockdown times. Yeah. So that's the brand new Ottawa premiere. And then one that I think a lot of people are excited that we're able to squeeze back in that got cut short because of lockdown is Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing good things about this. That is from Japan, and it won the Audience Award and the Best First Feature from our friends at Fantasia. And it is the gimmick of it's a 70-minute long done-in-one-take movie. Now, 
because it's so short and because it's a little weird digital movie, I might be lying about this, but I think, say, unlike 1917, I think it might actually be a genuine done-in-one-take movie. I never understand those. Like, even the ones that are, like, quote-unquote, well, not fake, but the ones that are, like, in parts and then they put them together, I'm like, that's still incredible. I don't even know how the hell you did that. Yeah, well, like, 1917 is a great example for that, where... If you're looking for it, you can kind of tell. There's a scene where they go into a tunnel and it cuts to black or somebody blurs past the camera as they're jumping into water. So that water blur, you're like, okay, digitally they could make that the cut. Nonetheless, still very impressive. But I got to look this up, but I'm pretty sure Beyond the Infinite is a 70-minute film. So you think maybe there's a bit of opening and end credits on there. So maybe it's, say, like a 65-minute film but genuinely done in one take and very complicatedly done in one take because it's a weird sci-fi movie. But it looks great. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'm very excited. I always get it confused with the other one that's coming out with everything all at once or whatever, which looks amazing also. But I'm like kind of like lumping them in together because they're both two new good looking movies. I'm just surprised they keep making movies. It seems like, remember when people were afraid, oh, we're going to run out of entertainment and it doesn't seem like we did at all. No, there's still, our backlog is hilarious at this point. (laughs) And I know a bunch of stuff is still shooting, new TV shows coming out. What would happen if there wasn't a giant worldwide lockdown? Jeez, I don't even know. As long as we keep getting our Star Wars fix, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we care about. And Spider-Man, I think, just crossed the billion dollar mark. And I was like, how can a movie come out during lockdown and still make a billion dollars? What would it have made if it wasn't lockdown? That's the thing that that freaks me out, especially for the ones that are like, like Scream. Scream is a huge success. And that's with all of this going on. And I mean, we couldn't even see it for weeks here. Not that I was going out to see it anyway, but it still did very well. Okay, so the next movie we have as an example is King Richard, the new drama starring Will Smith. So that's an example of a brand new film, a very, what you might call an Oscar bait kind of film. Once Upon a Time in Mayfair History, taking lockdown out of the equation, we wouldn't have a movie like this for another six months. Mm -hmm. Been posting some of the old schedules, and you see, say, like in 93, a movie like Batman Returns, would be in early 93 at the Mayfair, like January. So it took a good six months for it to get there. Now we're getting these mainstream Hollywood films within weeks versus within months. So it's it's a very different world now. Yeah, so King Richard might be an Oscar movie come a couple months. Will Smith trying again. He seems to try. <laughs> he seems to mix it up every once in a while. You know, it'll be a bad boys movie and then this kind of movie. Yeah, and I think he took a lot less to make the movie happen. He still got paid well, obviously, but I think it was, this was like a huge labor of love for him and a story he really wanted to be involved in. So I know he definitely took a bit less and I mean, easy to do, I guess, when you're rich as hell. But at the same time, that's nice. Very likely a good script and a good project. When you're a geek watching a sports biopic, it's nice because you don't know the ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I remember watching the Muhammad Ali documentary years ago. 20 years ago and I didn't know the ending I knew Muhammad Ali you know I knew George Foreman but I also knew that Muhammad Ali lost a few fights so I actually was one of the few people watching a movie like that being like I don't know the spoiler at the end I don't know how this is gonna go (laughs) well at least you know the girls were successful you know the Williams sisters so it's not like oh no they died in a plane crash halfway through the movie or something like that I always thought it'd be funny for a biopic just to do that just to like make it not a biopic near the end and just completely change it just to throw people (laughs) off People will be so mad. They'll be like, oh, now they're battling space aliens now? Like, I don't remember this tennis match. And Wayne Gretzky (laughs) never won a Stanley Cup. See, that could be a good movie. I'd be willing to watch that. It's a multiverse movie, just to confuse people. Yeah, the fun never ends. Then we have two retro films this week. We're still going. I know, we have five movies this week. (laughs) That's amazing. 
So first up, kicking off our lockdown-delayed mini James Bond festival, we have the very first Bond film, Dr. No, starring Sean Connery. Ooh. And we're actually, I didn't realize this at first, but it's actually this mini fest is for Sean Connery films. So it's Dr. Hmm. No from Russia with Love, Thunderball, and Goldfinger. Okay, so it's a Connery fest in a way also. Yeah, I didn't realize that at first because I don't know James Bond well enough. And then I looked at what we had posted. I was like, oh yeah, these are all the old Connery ones. Well, that's good. I mean, that'll be exciting. I was sort of pulling for a Roger Moore fest. We'll show the two weirdest Roger Moore ones and the two Timothy Dalton ones. Yeah, if we're not doing George Lazenby, then don't even call me. I watched a Lazenby documentary and it was fascinating in that it was all on him. It's his fault that he wasn't James Bond any longer. He could have stayed. And that's a fascinating alternate universe of they liked him in the part. The movie did well. The critics liked Mm -hmm. him. And he just walked away. And it's like, wow, that's a thing to look back on when you walked away from the Bond franchise. Yeah, Yeah, I think he had a lot of insecurity. Yeah, because he wasn't really an actor. Yeah. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is probably one of the better Bond movies, really. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very serious. I liked how it's totally, and I'm not going to give out spoilers, but they did some things in that that they didn't really do in other Bond films. I thought that was cool. Was he right before Moore or right after Moore? Uh, no. Before. Okay. It's that's like a... Connery bookended him. They brought okay. Connery back. That's what I thought. Oh, that's oh. right. Yeah, for Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which is such a weird thing. Like, I can't think of a franchise that did that. Can you imagine if Michael Keaton had come back after George Clooney and done another Batman? I wish. I wish to. Well, I guess that's a funny thing to say because he is doing that now decades later. But Mm. (laughs) it's a rare thing for while the franchise is in motion to bring back the more popular person for a little while. like And that that was another kick to George Lazenby of just being like, oh, we're not moving on. We're bringing back the other guy. Yeah, well, and that one was considered an official Bond one, wasn't it? Wasn't that the deal with that? Like he shot it. It was a remake of Thunderball, I think it was. Basically. Yeah. yeah. No, you're thinking of... Oh, Never, never Say Never, never say Again. Never. Oh, shoot. I am definitely thinking that. That's, okay. That's he was the, like 50. Or... That's the second time that Connery went back. Okay, my bad. I'm only taking a half credit on that one because it's that is a weird story. How am I supposed to keep track of all that? Yeah, that's a great story where there was this animosity and it came out at the exact same time as a Roger Moore movie. It was this fight between the people who owned James Bond rights and the people who owned that specific movie for whatever reason that they owned the rights to that book or that story. The James Bond behind the scenes are fascinating. but And even like with the current run that just kind of wrapped up, It's five movies over a long period of time that got screwed up because of MGM and strikes and all kinds Mm. of different stuff. And yeah, I love the one where they brought out a Sean Connery movie while Roger Moore was still James Bond. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty, the gutsiness of it is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, that's confusing too. Movies being canonical were not such a big deal when the Bond movies were out because some people looked at Roger Moore and said, yeah, this is the same guy that Sean Connery is playing. I never thought that. Even as a kid, not to get too geeky about it, I always kind of was like, no, this is a, not even reboot, but this is just, this is a different Bond in the same way that I don't think anybody looked at Adam West and thought that's the same Batman as Michael Keaton. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think each Bond is his own Bond planet. And although some of the actors overlap, it's just that, no, they just kind of look the same. You know, it's like on Star Trek where evil Spock was the same guy, but just had a goatee. That's how you knew it wasn't him. Anyone with a goatee is evil. That's what I learned. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey, I forgot about this. We just got our 10-minute warning. I like having the Uh, 10-minute warning. It gives us that countdown. Keeps it not rambling on too long. I don't even think you got to finish your story about walking home past protesters. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I did. Okay, I'll go back and do that, and then we'll talk about our last film. So quickly, <laughs> I'll just say, I will just say this as a neutral observer, as a journalist that I am. I was walking home from the Mayfair, and coming down the street was just this monster truck of a truck that was being driven by some gentleman with handlebar mustaches wearing camouflage and flying the Confederate flag. <laughs> and then following them was a car... And out the roof of the car was a young lady who kind of looked like someone from the Jersey Shore. And by happenstance, myself included, there was a lot of masked people walking down the street. And she was yelling and giving the finger to people <laughs> walking down the street as she was hanging out the roof of the car. And that is the peaceful protest that is in our city at the moment. <laughs> I and mean, it's like minus 20. So you're like hanging out the car. You're like, wow, you're really showing us. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I was like, especially there was one day where I think it was minus 35. And it's like, uh, it's not in your favor <laughs> here. But yeah, I had to walk home the one night because everything was blocked off. And literally, I can't get into work right now, which is whatever. But it's yeah, walking home in the minus 25. It, it kind of puts you already in a bad frame of mind. Yeah, we're lucky. We're far enough away that yeah, Andrew and I, our places and then our place of work are really unaffected. Hey, shut up, you. Ah, You're killing me over here. I, f I feel like we're like Bronx Warriors, but I'm on the other side of the thing and I'm on the trash side and you guys are on the good side. Yeah, and then, and then like in the Warriors, you got to get on the scariest subway car you've ever seen covered in graffiti and then a bunch of guys dressed like baseball players get on. And Yeah, yeah. we're like in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm just trying to survive over here with my cats and whatever else I have. I feel bad for our friends at the Bytown who are coming back from lockdown a few days after us. They're coming back on Friday on, on the 4th. And I was like, oh, man, if, I hope that things are better by then a couple days from now as we record this. Because, you know, all these businesses are kind of hiding and in lockdown in the downtown mm -hmm. core at the moment. So Yeah, it's, I thought about that for us. I mean, it's I guess we're good in a sense because you're totally free from a certain point of bank street upwards but for Bytown, which is like on my side again on the other side of the bridge and the bronx warriors style yeah. like it's close to me and so anyone you know around here could go there but it's just that middle section that sucks so i was like is that going to affect us it's going to affect them for sure but i just i don't know like because our, our, our foot traffic will be fine obviously but everything else is a little touch and go yeah and like eric could have joined andrew and i at the mayfair for a podcast today but it would have been 12 buses in an hour outside of the way to kind of horseshoe around the chaos yeah it's bad I, i'm not like i have an eye appointment tomorrow so we're gonna oh, no. we're, see how that goes but i mean that not to say that's more important than podcasting but you know are you getting another eye needle probably yeah oh, no boo yeah it's eh, you know it is what it is i mean it's, it's like it seems better but i'm like i don't want to assume i won't get one and then you get there and they're like here's the eye needle i'm like well all right okay Ouch. let's before we wrap up, we got one more movie still to talk about. Oh, yeah, right. We are screening John Carpenter's masterpiece of a classic, They Live. Mm. I thought we played this relatively recently, but I think it's like time mm -hmm. flies by, and we actually screened this early on in 2020 lockdown, and I think it might have gotten cut short because of uh, another lockdown or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, we screened it maybe a year ago or so, but the John Carpenter library just serves so well for our type of cinema, and mm -hmm. so... If you missed The Thing or you missed Prince of Darkness or you missed They Live, it'll be back. They'll yeah, be back. If you missed while. Ghosts of Mars, uh, you didn't, <laughs> didn't play it. <laughs> so you didn't miss that one. Yeah, when we do our uh, Ice Cube Festival. Yeah. Have you guys, have either of you guys seen the Elvis movie with your boy? Uh, Kurt uh, Russell. 
Kurt Russell. No, I, I, I actually have. Russell. I actually have it on DVD, but I've never watched it. Apparently, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, same. I've been meaning. I have a copy. I've been meaning to watch it, but I just never have it. I'm like, I should be excited. Those two guys are amazing, and it's supposed to be quite good. But I've just never gotten to it. So, is that where they met on the Elvis movie, or was that? I think so. Wow. Because it was made for TV, I, I believe. Yeah, 1979, I think. Mm-hmm. No, that's I... jeez. Was that the year after Halloween? Yeah. Did he do an Elvis movie right after Halloween? That's weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jeez, I've never thought about that. That's crazy. Yeah, like the year one right after. Oh my god, that's awesome. It was probably a good gig because probably I bet you it got really good TV ratings and looked good on his resume. And he could say, "Oh look, I can direct horror and I can also direct a musical biopic kind of things." Made for TV. You yeah, know, that's. Uh, I don't want to say he never misses, but he often hits. Well, I love they live. They live is a kind of cornerstone. See it when you're 12 years old, kind of mm. on VHS movie for my generation. And I actually got to see it at the cinema at a multiplex. And I think it was only rated 14A, maybe restricted down in the States. Mm-hmm. But oh, I love that movie with the, the late, great Roddy Piper in what was supposed to be the Kurt Russell role. But then Kurt Russell was under contract to do something else. So he couldn't do it, which is this weird blessing and curse because you're like, I love Rowdy Roddy Piper in that role. But oh, man, Kurt Russell could have been in that role. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest fight scenes ever filmed in that movie. Yeah. So good. Looks even better on the big screen. It goes on even longer. And just great, heavy political comment, yet a goofy drive-in B-movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's really like a movie you can enjoy on so many levels. Man, John Carpenter, I think he's quite content. He's doing his music. He's getting to have his thumbprint on the current Halloween trilogy and work mm-hmm. on that. But, man, I would love another John Carpenter feature. You would think on the heels of the current Halloween that Blumhouse would be like, hey, John Carpenter, you want to do something? Yeah, and I almost wonder if he's just told them no, like if he's just kind of happy as is. I kind of, yeah, I do think he could do one more. The Ward wasn't really the strongest movie to go out on, but hey, he could have done worse. He could be a Dario Argento, so. There is that too, when you're 75 years old and you've got enough money in the bank and you're still being productive, you're just like, yeah, maybe I don't want to get up at four in the morning to work an 18-hour day. Yeah, or you're Ridley Scott. Who never stops. (laughs) Yeah, just never, ever stops. And he keeps pumping out two and a half hour movies. Did you listen to Ridley Scott on Marin? No, no. I highly recommend it because he comes off fine, but he comes off like a lunatic who thinks every single one of his movies is a five-star masterpiece. Just, (laughs) yeah. And Marin brought it up. It was just like, this guy really loves his career where every time Marin said Black Rain, Thelma and Louise, Matchstick Men, he would go, oh, great film, great film. No qualm about just saying he's great, which was kind of fun. Counselor. (laughs) Counselor, a masterpiece. So good. Oh, man, you got a minute and 20. Oh, God. Okay, let's wrap this up. So thanks for listening, everybody. Apologies that we are under house arrest and that you may have heard a lot of puppy dogs squeaking in the background. We appreciate you coming back this week, and we look forward to seeing you more at the Mayfair. You can check mayfairtheater.ca for updates and all the social media, and we'll see you back next week with hopefully a more normal podcast, and we'll see you back in the cinema soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, next week I can tell you that I watched The Recant. Not great. The what? That shark movie with Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I haven't heard of this. (laughs) Yeah, and you won't again. Double the danger. Double the women. Double the excitement with 007. 007, it spells Bond, James Bond, now back to back. 
in Dr. No and From Russia with Love. Now you can enjoy the first two James Bond film adventures on the same theater program. From London to the Caribbean, from Istanbul to Venice, James Bond tangles with the masters of murder and the goddesses of love. See Sean Connery as Agent 007 in both big Bond busters. Dr. No and From Russia with Love in Technicolor, released through United Artists.